0: Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series where we add value to people's lives happening every Wednesday and Thursday on eBuzzRadio.com. You can catch the Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels today. As a proponent and advocate to climate change, if you want to help climate change and find out more about what you can do about it, Clean Creatives is calling on all agencies, PR companies and individuals to stop working with the fossil fuel industry, the brands to stop working with the agencies that continue to do so. Sign the pledge at cleancreatives.org forward slash South Africa. Clean Creatives, the future of creativity is clean. On our uh, show today, guys, for the coaching segment, we have the wonderful human and talented centered strategist, executive coach, agile people advocate, HR and leadership expert, Anya van Berg. Welcome back, Anya, and thank you for joining me for the coaching segment.
1: Thank you so much. And I'm smiling when you read that long title. I think it's a long thing to simply <laughs> say that I love building cultures where people thrive. Yeah, we need to be more human-centric.
0: In short, yes. And that's and that, that's so important. I love that. And that today's conversation, I think, ties straight into that, right? Absolutely from both our sides i know that you have you come from a very experienced hr background and so you it's been part of your world for so long and you know i just recently in the last six months created a wonderful unconscious bias program and i thought you know who who better to have a chat about this just to just to solidify what this is and i just want to sort of preface this with a with a with a the meaning of what biases is an unconscious bias is a disproportionate weight in favor of or against an idea or thing, which is usually in a way that is closed minded, uh, pre- pre- prejudicial. It's a very, very, very good word for me prejudicial <laughs> or unfair. Biases can be innate or learnt. Um, very important to know that they are just they innate in us, or they can be learnt, and people may develop biases for and against, for or against an individual, a group, or a belief. In science and engineering, a bias is a, a systematic error, right? And I think that is such a good way to sort of sort of preface it, so that we can understand that uh, you know a bias is a thing that humans do instinctively, and um, if you're human, you have a bias. You know, you may not be aware of the bias, completely un- unconscious, but essentially it is about you. Know, we all have biases. So to kick it off, Anya, what is a bias and when are we not biased? I was
1: listening listening to that formal definition that you've shared with us, and I thought, okay, let me see if I can position it in a different way. So to the question, when are we not biased, I have to say never. I think we're always biased. And as you say, Kevin, sometimes we're just not conscious about that. So I think whenever we talk about this topic of biases, I think it's that awareness that we create is the first step. That's not the only step but I think it's an important one. So when you um, when you mentioned biases, you know where I actually use the concept of biases even more than in my HR career was when I started to support businesses to be more agile and especially from a leadership perspective um, to understand how those biases might influence us. And I think for me then when I think of a bias, it's that, it's a mental model. And what is a mental model, as you said, it's those engraved either stories or assumptions or beliefs that we have about the world. And I think, as you've mentioned, a bias is it's almost like that automatic tool um, that we that we need to navigate this complex world that we live in. Um, yeah. yeah, so that in short for me is what a bias is all about.
0: So on that point, I want to just from a from an NLP perspective, just to just to give some uh, some uh, reference to what your brain's doing, right? So, right now you're an you're an external event. You're not happening in my head. I'm your external event, and essentially what my brain's doing is I need to start gathering and picking up information, and I do that via my senses, right? It's my filter system. I I I get reality into my head via my senses. The, the one thing that we, that we don't know and what we're not cognitively aware or consciously aware of is that your, your subconscious is picking up all of it, right? Your subconscious is literally, it's listening to the bird that's whistling outside my window. It's listening to the traffic in the road. It's listening to the dogs barking down there in the distance. But actively, consciously, my brain's not focused there based on the fact that it's focused uh, on the thing that I'm busy with. And this is where the shortcuts come in, right? The biases really come in, is my brain's literally filtering information. It's generalizing, distorting, and deleting. And in the distortion of what my brain's doing is where my biases kick into gear, because I'll go, well, this is something um, to make sense of all of that consciously. I need to make it smaller. And if I can distort it to that degree, I can go, oh, I've seen this before. It might be something similar or i've experienced something similar so let's create a bias because that shortcuts your brain to going this is evidence to prove that i know this is the, the 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 key conversation around that is because your brain is doing that you most absolutely definitely have a bias oh. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah when i see when and to give you a simple example like uh, we have great conversations and you know i i don't know if i even consciously have this bias but because you're a white person i'm a white person we, are in, we immediately have an affinity bias immediately mm-hmm. right and that just presupposes that because we're both white because we we come out of south africa because we have an Afrikaans background there's so many presu- uh, presupposed moments that attach to that very bias. Nice. We instinctively have the bias of affinity based on the fact that we're both white, yeah. right? But what we don't realize is that very s- instinctive thing that we're doing there could lead to um, a, a biased decision-making process, right? Mm. So you also have to see how how is that very affinity bias that I do have mm. playing into my decision-making process and that's why it's so important to be able to have these uh, conversations in a work environment
1: right? Yeah, absolutely and i think um kevin just to build on what you've mentioned about what's happening for us and i think it's um To add on to that is just to for for our listeners to remember that when you look at a situation, and if we talk about this complex world, it's it's really the bias, I I almost want to say, is there for four reasons. As you've mentioned, there's an information overload. There's just so much going on. And as you've rightfully said, we try to filter and reduce that. I think the second thing um, that we're also trying to do without even noticing that is that there's a lack of meaning and we're trying to fill in those gaps. And it's exactly like you say, because there's perhaps a lack of meaning, ah, oh, I've done that before. And I mean, as you said, m- m- most of this happening unconscious. And then thirdly, also in this I I almost want to call it the VUCA world. We need to act fast. And sometimes when you need to make decisions, it has to happen on the fly. And that's also why some of the biases exist. And then um, I think that whole thing about what do I need to remember because there's so much Mm -hmm. going on and because there's so much information, what do I need to remember to make it making it easier for me next time? And I mean, you've mentioned now, um, you know, that the two of us being um, similar, perhaps both white, whatever, but, but whatever we have in common. And I mean, that's our bias to automatically group to that individual. What I also see is sometimes when people brainstorm, and someone is putting forward um, an idea, To build on that one is now 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 i like that idea because i like you perhaps a little bit more and again especially for a leader um need to understand and be aware that my feelings um might frame my judgment towards that idea so Immediately, need to ask ourselves: So, if that same idea is coming from someone else, would I have responded the same way? Would I have asked more questions? What what would have uh, what would have been different? And I think that is, as you say, so important for us to really be very careful and mindful of what is really happening in the in the moment.
0: And also to to maybe to to recognize that because we have those biases maybe ask someone who's unlike me, someone who's different than me, someone who's maybe a different sex, a different color, a different age, to kind of go, is there a question that I'm not asking? Mm-hmm. Is there something here that I'm not aware of? Yeah. And just framing that and letting people sort of go, yeah, but what about this? Yeah. You're instinctively opening the door to to uh, to curb and mitigate your own biases based mm-hmm. on the fact that you are aware that because you're a human, you have bias, right? Yeah. And I think it's so important, especially in the workplace, to be able to frame that and, and to have that awareness and be able to share that, um, how do I open this conversation up more for people to, to unpack it even further,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that reminder of why an open-ended question is so powerful. Remember when we had our discussion on leaders as coaches, it's a, it was very similar to say yeah. that if you now have this diverse group sitting in front of you, how can we connect neocortex to neocortex is by o- asking an open-ended question. But I love that tip where you say, let me ask someone else that I know is diverse, being it background, race, race, Um, culture, whatever, let me get their input and view on the table. Yeah, absolutely
0: what I do want to want to share is some of the like the obvious examples that come to to play in a workplace and I'm sure you, you you you've seen this a lot is one of them we've mentioned the affinity bias another one is the attribution bias so we attribute certain kinds of things or certain kinds of people or certain kind of degrees you know if a person has a degree then instinctively we make that uh, we attribute something whatever I do in my head we attribute it 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 must mean this right and i think it we we when we do that it already creates a shortfall because we are we're creating a moment that um we're almost making a judgment before we've actually spoken or met the person or spent time with them
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think the example that I often use about the attribution bias is, let's say it was still the world of um, face-to-face meetings and we were stuck in traffic and then your colleague is late or some of, one of your team members is late for the meeting. Um, so what do we do? We attribute their late coming and we judge them based yeah. on their behavior but if you were late yourself for the meeting it is also um you you judge yourself based on your intention so i know that i'm late because my kid were ill and i had to first uh, you know drop them off and talk to the teacher but when you are late it's because you're not motivated or you're not committed and i think again that's such an important one to be aware of that when i judge you it's based on your behavior but if i judge myself Um, it is it is uh, my intention was good it's not the situation and I think again just to get to give the learners the tip of now what do you do now that you're aware of that bias and again ask yourself a question so yeah I I quite like the one saying why would a reasonable rational and decent person do that because Mm -hmm. again it would open up your mind um, to that to that example that I've used
0: Another one that that really stands out and and I think when I first did the, the 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 research on this what was really interesting about a gender bias is there are certain gen well s- certain studies that show that uh, with a gender bias we even attribute height the height of a person right and especially the height of a male to be more um, executive and more in charge than the height of a female right. <laughs> it's when you when you listen to that logically you process that and you're going what the what you yeah. know kind of like is that even is that even a thing but unconsciously remember guys we're speak about unconscious bias so unconscious bias really speaks to in our brains because and the reason apparently for the psychology shows is that when we we got um, a lot of advice from um, people when we were growing up we would mm-hmm. look up we would literally look up to our teachers and look up to our parents and look up so we incentively made looking up to people in charge right mm-hmm. and yet uh it's got nothing to do with whether this person is capable of doing the job or not right gender is gender you know it's irrelevant of of yes. being able to to do a to to handle a position
1: yeah absolutely and i think that is why the two questions that i usually um share as steps For any situation, because, I mean, we started the conversation saying that we never, ever not bias. And I think for us then to remember that the two questions might be is what is really going on in the moment? I mean, being, as you say, you might be judging someone coming for an interview based on their height, or you might be judging someone based on their gender and also what is really happening there. So I think that is why it's so critical for, I'm saying leaders, but actually for all of us. To be mindfully present in that moment Uh, another word that i sometimes use for biases is mind traps because it's your mind trapping (laughs) you to believe something and the one that i often see and i don't know if you heard about that one but it's the mind trap of i almost want to say agreement Because, as you know, one of our basic human needs are that sense of belonging. I want to belong to a team. I want to make a meaningful contribution. And then the the mind trap of agreement is that sometimes in teams we we have that artificial harmony because we agree so that we're part of the group. And I often see that that whole, um, I almost want to say, value of speaking up, that value of, you know, creating that psychological safety that we can disagree with a leader or share my honest feedback or opinion. And I think it links so beautifully with that mind trap of agreement that we don't want to have the good conversations and perhaps understand that an argument or conflict might actually benefit us in that moment. Yeah, that's also one that I often see.
0: One that I do want to mention, and it's the last one I just want to just point out on the biases, and I want to chat to you about the, like, how do we mitigate these biases, but the last one that's so important, that was so important uh, in one of the trainings that I did, was a pessimism bias, and I just want to read to you the, the the sort of the outline of this is the pessimism bias refers to the tendency to overestimate the likelihood of negative events while underestimating the likelihood of positive events. I think that currently South Africa and uh, a large part of what we are going through in this country is really playing into our pessimism bias because. Because of, you know, the government, because of load chaining, because of crime, because of it, it's, there's so much evidence to prove the contrary, right? That, that we are almost in a pessimistic bias, caught up because of the likelihood of something going wrong, that it's affecting us to the degree that I can't get, I don't want to get out of bed because, ugh, you know, it's just gonna, it's, it's just another day that's going to go wrong or something bad's going to happen. And, and. I we, we were talking about this in in the training and one of the the senior managers said to me yeah but to remember you always have to be you have to you have to make sure that that you've got to be, be uh, planned for the worst case scenario I said to him no I get that I, that's you know that's being you know like you're making sure that you you're not going to fail here Aww. but I said to him careful that you're not literally teaching your guys to show up for what could go wrong because you're not teaching them for what could go right. Mm, yeah. Like you're literally framing your solution around what could go wrong. And you're not even opening up the door of conversation or possible um, action or agreement to what could go right. Right. So when you get stuck in your pessimism bias, everything becomes pessimistic. Everything. like you've And you'll add evidence to prove the the, the reality of why this is so bad and why this is so wrong. Um yeah but careful that it doesn't become the habit-formed process of your thinking patterns because then you're just planning for what's wrong and you're not planning for the potential possibility of what could be going right, right? It's really a a brain frame that people get stuck in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what comes to mind for me, there's a few things. So the first of all is what habits or rituals are we cultivating in my team or cultivating in my organization. And I think, as you say, for any business savvy individual, it is good to have a look at, okay, but what can go wrong and have a look and plan accordingly or have at least two or three um, scenario plannings because, I mean, we don't know what we don't know. What I like and want to build on what you've mentioned is is twofold. So on the one side, if we have a look at neuroscience and we think of that springboard for high-performance energy, what do we know? Springboard for high-performance energy, and it's the energy to unlock your high performance, is optimism. It is something like humour. It is something like doing um, charity as a group. Now, just that word, optimism, Um, Mm -hmm. Another one is gratitude, just to be cognizant of what, or just highlighting or writing down what you're grateful for. So that's the one thing that comes to mind that, yes, I mean, I think a a good thing is to get into that habit of what are we grateful for today, Mm -hmm. you know, to counter that. So that's the first thing. But then also... um, on, on the second side is what I have seen so often, um, and I don't know if, if it's a South African thing, I'm um, surely not, I think it is a global thing, but that because we want to be optimistic, I think South Africans sometimes, what you want to see the silver lining is that we don't acknowledge or we don't allow ourselves just that negative, I want to call it emotion. So you mentioned that, you know, being pessimistic. But for me, it's almost like it is okay not to be okay. And in in this situation, it is okay to have that view. Yet, we should support ourselves to get out of there because we know that the optimism behind the neuroscience is so important.
0: And just uh, just one little point on, and I think we touched on in the beginning, but biases are not a bad thing. And yeah, like I think the word people have such a such a negative conversation when you say, Well, is this a bias? Is my biases playing into this? And they they instinctively go to this negative space. Biases is like having a brain. The fact that you have a brain is it's not negative or positive, it's just the fact that you have a brain. Biases yeah. is exactly the same thing. You have biases, how you're aware of them and how you actively are. Uh, or learned about them will, will really um, help you uh, sort of enforce and reinforce and um, bring towards the fog of, of how you show up as a leader, how you show up as an employee. You have to be aware of the fact that you will have a bias. It's just, is this working in your favor or is it not working in your favor? You know, yeah. I have a bias against negative people. Like, I don't want to be around negative people, you know, <laughs> and that's a bias that serves me really, really well, you know, yeah. so, and that's a good thing, you know, so biases are not bad. Yeah. They're, they're there for a very good reason for your brain to do good things for you. You just have to be aware of how, it, how they're playing
1: out. Yeah, and I think if you go back to that, the four examples that I've mentioned about there's a lack of lack of meaning, there's overflow of information. We need to make decisions quickly, and uh, we we need to think what we need to remember. And again, as you say, the whole function is to save energy to support you, as you say, um, with your. you you know, to to how your brain optimally function. But I think, again, just to to mention or to add on to what you just said is that remember that when we bias, we don't necessarily see everything. Or when we make a decision, we need to make a snap decision and that decision might be flawed. Or it might be that... If we just, you know, if we have to um, go back on previous uh, decisions that we made or previous memories, it it can be skewed. But as you say, I think that the most important part is for us to be aware of them and not necessarily think they're all good or all bad, it just, it is. So what do I need to be um, mindful of in that moment? Um, Yeah, so as as you've mentioned, it was not necessarily um, a bad thing.
0: Now, just to end it off today, I want to I want to sort of just touch on just how uh, five critical steps to improve on mitigating bias, and I'm I'm just going to read them uh, and and uh, jump in wherever you wherever you feel free. Um, step number one: Make sure your employees understand stereotyping, the foundation for bias, and educate your employees about stereotyping so you can raise the awareness such a such a necessary point because people kind of they have it, they still have it as a tick box exercise and say you know you know inclusivity and uh, all that good stuff we, we we've we've got it covered oh. but is it in your language it is it in your values it is it really showing up and i think raising the awareness is so important right
1: yeah absolutely
0: The second one is set expectations. Let employees know that you are prioritizing bias mitigation. Begin by using relevant terminology and making sure employees understand the company values, diversity, inclusion, and equity. I think, again, uh, it's through education, right? The the way that we understand bias is really by educating the employees to that degree. And to, to know that this is not a, oh, be careful conversation. This is a necessary conversation. absolutely
1: and you know what word came to mind when you read that one was the whole thing of what's our narrative so when we talk about values when we talk about beliefs it's really uh, so what's the words what's that common language that we would agree on but also what is the behavior that is a expected behavior so as you say let's uh, let's cultivate that awareness and not, not upliftment what's the word i'm looking for but cultivate that understanding yes this is what we stand for and this yeah. is what the the language we, we we use
0: another big one that stands out is be transparent about your hiring and promotion process Look, i can't emphasize this enough right People really, they'll go to racism, sexism, ageism, they'll go to every kind of ism that they can find when your process of hiring and promotion isn't transparent. As, the, as an HR executive, you've, you've learned, you, you, you can speak to that quite mm-hmm. clearly.
1: Absolutely. And I think the one that stands out is not only on the hiring side, because it might be that we, um, you know, appoint externally, and that usually is quite a transparent process, but that promotion one. And I mean, if you just have a look at succession planning, and who's high potential, and who's not, and is the list a secret or not. And I think, as you say, just open up that transparency, that people know what, what are we looking for? Why are certain people in there, you know, on the list or not, but More importantly, that in agile organizations, what we see more and more is where teams select managers. So it's not only the process that is selecting the manager, but let's involve team members in deciding, okay, so who will be appointed next as our manager? But yeah, absolutely, transparency is the first principle that we need to focus on.
0: Another one uh, we've got two more and then then I'm finished and then we finished for today but make leaders responsible. ensuring decision makers are accountable for organization values will demonstrate the importance of unbiased workplace to organization culture. I think you know it's it goes without saying if, if you're an executive, if you're a leader listening to this today, if you're not actively educating yourself about unconscious bias and really showing up, and in, in your behaviors, your actions, your cultures, your words, your theme, your DNA of running your business, um, th- the buck stops by you. That's yeah. where that really has to start, you know, by that, by leadership showing up for that organization.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it's similar to let's walk the talk. I mean, we can't practice or we can't preach what we don't practice. And I think it, it's really in the small thing. I remember you, you were mentioning diversity and inclusion earlier on. But I mean, if you look at the South African context, so if you think of in, uh, diversity, inclusion and belonging, is it a tick box exercise for you and your leadership team? Or is it something that you really understand the, I almost want to say the heart behind that? And that is where biases definitely plays um, has a part to play, that awareness and understanding.
0: Yeah I, I just just as a side note, as a gay man, I uh, working in a, in a corporate I've been in a, in a boardroom where nobody in the boardroom was gay and I, I knew this because nobody uh, in the organization said like as gay people in our organization, we're kind of quite fearful about coming out because mm-hmm. n- we're not even represented at board level. Right, so as much as it's a color thing, as it's a sexist thing, as it's an ageist thing, there's so many that you've really actively, as leaders, got to be consciously aware of. Does my board really represent us okay. inclusively, and does is that world class? How do we how do we measure that at world class level? And until we actively get into that frame, that brain framing, of going. Well, I do. I need to find someone who fills this role for me, that that is representative of these types of people, or these this area of people in my organization. Um, it's still not inclusive, right? Yeah. It's- yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think, as you say, that is, I mean, that's definitely a conversation for another day, but... Just thinking of, if you talk about representation, some so many organizations um, still are just trying to get the females, you know, on, on, on board. As you say, not even thinking of all the other minorities or groups that we have not even um, spoken about yeah. in that environment.
0: Yeah. yeah, so important. And the last one I just want to touch on is have clear criteria for evaluating qualification and performance. Having such criteria eliminates nearly all possibilities that bias will impact the appraisal process. Some companies use blind evaluations so that the employee is represented solely by their work and not their race or their gender, Mm. which I think is a really great idea because then you just have this information of this wonderful person sitting in front of you. You don't know what color they are. You don't know what their name is. You don't know what sex they are. You don't know any of that. You just have evidence of the ability of the human sitting in front of you, because that's what it is, it's seeing a human for being human, right, mm-hmm. um, and then making a decision on, I have five human CVs in front of me, <laughs> which one stands out to me, and then having, a, you know, taking it further. I think human, being human around biases is one of the most important things that I think people miss often.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you mentioned the appraisal process. And I think that is really a conversation for another day. Because I mean, I always I mean, if you think of performance appraisal, just two short things. That continuous feedback that's why it's so important that when something happens i immediately provide you with feedback i don't wait for our quarterly or annual check-in to discuss that that's the first thing and then secondly to really think why are we doing performance reviews what is the purpose because i actually in the agile way of work we take away that rating part because if it's about developing the individual as a focus and not only to get a list of how will we pay bonuses or how will we do increases that's where the value lies because we build these learning organizations but yeah I mean my last two cents on biases Just ask yourself what's really happening in the moment and be mindfully present because we are biased and that is okay because we're human. But now that you have that awareness to say in each and every moment what's really happening, what's really um, the situation then, see if that that question is not opening up your mind um, to remove some of the biases.
0: Absolutely. And uh, from, from my side, summary for today is, just be a human. I think that that stands out for me, and and make space, create space for the other human in the room, or the other humans in the room, just to see them as human and hear hear them, and pay attention and and make space for them. I think it's so important. Anya, thank you so much for today's conversation. I absolutely love our conversations.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a data from my side. Thank you, and loving as well. Thanks, Kevin.
0: Guys, so if you want to get hold of us, we're going to put all our links in the description boxes below and we're on all our social medias. Anya's also got a a, a wonderful uh, Instagram account and she's on LinkedIn. So go and check it out. It's Anya van Beek and Kevin Brits from Leadership by Design. So thank you and chat to you uh, in a month's time.
1: (laughs) Goodbye.
0: Cheers for now.